Garrett Wilson and T. Higgins were at the top of the list for biggest fantasy bust in 2023. We'll tell you why they and other wide receivers will bounce back in a big way in 2024 on today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, when I'm not doing this. I'm a researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. I'm your other host, Vinny Iyer, when I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Today, Vinny and I are going to each pick three wide receivers that will rebound after a very disappointing 2023 season. We went through our quarterback and running back candidate rebound for, to rebound next season on our Thursday and Friday show last week. So if you missed those, make sure to go listen after this episode. We're going to start with like a top tier wide receiver that we, we were drafting as a top 12 guy, right? But a huge bust. So Vinny, who is your number one bounce back wide receiver candidate for the 2024 season? Yeah, I'll save uh, the guy that uh, you really want to talk about for you, but I will go DK Metcalf. I think he was disappointing overall. I mean, I looked at his numbers. I, I just don't think he stood out enough, right? He was wide receiver 16 overall in half point PPR, but only wide receiver 20 in average scoring. And this is after a season in which him and Tyler Lockett did really well in Geno Smith's breakout year in 2022. They've both finished in the top 12. Now, a couple things that happened for DK Metcalf. He wasn't scoring on a consistent basis, which is not good for him. And he's always been rather inefficient with his catch rate and working downfield. And I don't think the Seahawks offense, Geno Smith regressed. So I don't think it was as good as what we saw in the previous year. And now you're changing your offense. You're actually borrowing from the University of Washington here. So going down the road and stealing what they had with uh, Kalen DeBoer, who's now in Alabama. And you had a couple of receivers go off in that Huskies offense. Roma Dinze was the lead, but you have more guys that will be drafted in the NFL. So this is a good wide receiver coach, so to speak, here making the transition. And a lot of it was downfield throws to – these wide receivers on Dinsey from Michael Penix Jr. Now, Geno Smith has got to push the downfield ball a little bit better this season, but I think what's going to happen, however, is Metcalf gets treated more like a full bore number one. And that's been the thing that's kind of missing. They keep kind of keep working in Tyler Lockett, but Lockett is getting older. I think the fade has started to happen. I think you'll see Jackson Smith in the Jigba work in a little bit more and that would say okay he's a young second year receiver he's pretty good but as that transition happens between Lockett and JSN I think you'll see DK Metcalf treated really as a dominant number one and I think they realized a little bit that they didn't unlock him as much as they needed to downfield and you look at Metcalf he's an obvious physical talent and consistency has always been his question mark he gets a lot of deep balls. He gets a lot of short balls, but he's got to convert those chances a little bit better and more efficiently. I think 
if you're the Seahawks, you're going to examine that, right? Michelle, you're going to say, why isn't this guy dominating more? Look at him. He's physically imposing. He's bigger than most corners he's on. And I think they're going to figure it out. I mean, I think having that downfield passing mentality that's going to work is going to be a nice departure here from Shane Waldron, who came from the Rams, who was thinking more maybe the slot first, right? I mean, if you look at that with Cooper Cup and Amon Ross and Brown, that kind of spreading that style of offense around the league, throwing slot first, and that might have helped lock it a little bit more than we expected. So I think this is going to be more, let's get the big plays and this offense back. And that's the style of offense they kind of ran at Washington where they wanted to throw downfield. So working all that together, I think DK Metcalf's in for a big season as more of a traditional number one outside receiver. Yeah, DK Metcalf needs to be used more consistently. I mean, he is a beast of a man. If Geno Smith wants to make it in this league and not be, you know, this one-year wonder type guy, he needs to start targeting DK Metcalf more often. His season started pretty solid last year, Metcalf, and then kind of dwindled down. He also dealt with, you know, I think it was a rib injury, uh, some type of injury that was uh, hampering him all year long as well. But as soon as they get around the goal line – target should just go to DK Metcalf. Let him win out. He is bigger than pretty much uh, 99.9% of corners out there. It might be hundred percent, but yeah, give him the chance when you're not around the goal line. My guy is it's one we already talked about this off season when we were talking about the Jets storyline, but Garrett Wilson. So he was being drafted insanely early, right? Because Aaron Rodgers was in town. And I was one of those people that was super, super high on him. He ended as a wide receiver 26 overall in PPR. Uh, Only wide receiver 33, though, in average points per game. It was not a good season for him. So his he had the fourth most targets in the NFL at 168. It should have been a great season. His 12.5 PPR points per game last season were the fewest by any player in a season with 160 plus targets since targets in the NFL have been tracked. So it was a historically bad season for Garrett Wilson in terms of fantasy football. 110 of his 168 targets were catchable per PFF. That means he had 58 uncatchable targets. He's just not going to have those if Aaron Rodgers is back and healthy. So I expect him to have a huge bounce back week or bounce back year. The last player to have 150 plus targets and score fewer than Wilson in 2023 was DeAndre Hopkins in 2016 with Brock Osweiler. That very next year, he blew up, went to 20.7 points per game in 2017, just with a little bit better quarterback play. That's all we need from the Jets. Just please don't have Zach Wilson out there. Don't have, I can't, I mean, they threw anybody that had a a viable arm in the slightest out there in the backfield last season. Get Aaron Rodgers out there. And if he is, Garrett Wilson will be a top 12 guy. I just truly believe that. Yeah, I mean, both of these guys should be treated more like number ones overall. And again, different circumstances and, yeah, different disparity, right? Metcalf was still pretty solid. I think Wilson was a huge disappointment based on the hype, and none of it was his fault. I mean, you just throw out quarterbacks like that that were messy, and and that can affect a quarterback or affect a wide receiver and his scoring a lot. And we didn't see it a lot in many places, but we did see it to some degree, right? With the Vikings, they just weren't the same type of offense when Kirk Cousins went down with Achilles. So we're fortunate it doesn't happen too often. I think you saw some degree, I think with the Bengals receivers as well, not the same downfield ability for Jamar Chase and T Higgins. So 
again, quarterback means a lot for these wide receivers, especially if they don't have a good backup in these situations. Most of these teams do not have the backup. They're simply going to pick up and let the backup really produce as well in terms of getting the ball to the number one receiver. So again, all those things make a lot of sense there. And look, Metcalf and Wilson, just don't sleep on these guys. I think there's going to be some looking at the negative feelings from last year and let them slide a little bit in your draft. I think if anyone would go higher, I think it obviously would be Wilson because everyone sees the direct path with Rodgers where Seahawks, he might be okay. He's inefficient. It's still Geno Smith. You might be off. So you probably will get a better value just a little bit in the draft with Metcalf than you will with Wilson. But I think Wilson is totally worth where he was going to be going here once again as a wide receiver one. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by the Game Time app. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. This is an app that I absolutely love and have used a hundred gazillion times. The Game Time app always has had my back. Used to live in Pittsburgh, right down the street. From Heinz Field, it was called that at the time, wake up on Sunday morning, last second decide I wanted to go to the game, jump on the game time app, and I could always find the best deals possible. And I knew exactly where I was sitting, and I knew it was safe to buy tickets on this app. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get app, get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, all you have to do is create an account and redeem redeem code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Our next bounce back candidate will be a wide receiver that we're taking as like a top end wide receiver two or maybe middle wide receiver two that we expected to at least finish as a top 20 wide receiver last season. Right. And that did not happen at all. So, Vinny, who is your second wide receiver rebound candidate for the 2024 season? Yeah, my choice is Terry McLaurin, and it was very frustrating there with the commanders and their usage of their wide receivers. It took them so long to figure out how to get the ball to John Dotson. A lot of the games were dominated by short throws to Curtis Samuel. There were some games randomly with Logan Thomas would pop up, or the backs, Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson would be way too involved for our liking. And part of it is just Sam Howell running around for his life, just trying to throw the ball and get it out. Now we should have a better quarterback situation overall, whoever it is, I think. And if it's going to be a rookie high pick here that comes into Washington, whether it's Caleb Williams and they go for the D.C. native, make an aggressive move up, or Drake May or Jaden Daniels, they're going to unlock Terry McLaurin. And how I feel about this is going back to Cliff Kingsbury. We mentioned his name on the show earlier in a different context, DeAndre Hopkins. Now, if you look at Hopkins routes they weren't all that exciting but he got the ball a ton when they were pairing up him and kyler murray this was just the guy targeted all over the field and they treated him like a number one and i think mclaurin has that kind of talent the key that has been kind of eluding mclaurin to be a top tier is the touchdowns he's not a guy that they throw to a lot in the red zone but i think 
that needs to change. It's kind of like Metcalf. I think they don't use McLaurin as much as they should. He was their team MVP last year. They like him. Everyone likes him inside the coaching staff, the front office, the other players. They want him to act and be treated like the alpha. And last year, wide receiver 32, half point PPR. That was just overall, but only 42 when you look at the average scoring. So he wasn't even a wide receiver three, partly because, again, he's not getting the high leverage looks. That has to change. I think you bring in Cliff Kingsbury. They're going to look at him more as the clear number one. Dotson is going to be the deep threat, and we've seen that develop as well, where they occasionally threw down field in that uh, Cardinals offense. So I think McLaurin is going to be peppered with the usual amount of high volume targets. I think it could even go up, especially if it's a rookie, right? He's going to treat him like the tight end because right now, Logan Thomas is not that type of kind of security blanket, high volume tight end where McLaurin gets open all over the field. Very good route runner has underrated speed. Again, I don't think they've unlocked him nearly as much as he could be producing. And he's very good. He's already been pretty good when they give him that opportunity. So I like Terry McLaurin. New offense is what he needed. They just were not using him properly there, whether it was with Scott Turner or Eric Bieniemy. Now you get a Kingsbury in there. You get a different quarterback in there. Hopefully they keep the offensive line protected here. But if it's not, then you're going to see those shorter routes develop, right, to get the ball out of that quarterback's hand. So uh, for some reason, also Howell and McLaurin, not a lot of chemistry there. It just didn't kind of materialize the way we thought. And so this is a chance that you have to maybe go back to Alex Smith and McLaurin to see where they had the best combination. We need a quarterback like that. So again, treat your number one, like a number one. I think you'll finally get that with McLaurin this season. Yeah. McLaurin has led the league since 2020 and contested catches, right? He's the type of guy you throw it up and he's going to make that insane catch, but he needs a quarterback that's willing to do that. And Sam Howell, was not willing to throw it up, was not willing to risk it. As soon as you saw Jacoby Brissett come in, it was like 50-yard 50 ca- 50 catch here, 40-yard catch here, 20-yard catch here. It was like it was impossible to stop McLaurin because Brissett was like, yeah, I'm just going to throw it up to my best player, and that's what you do. Now I am a little bit worried about a rookie quarterback coming in and trusting him to do that because rookies can be a little bit hesitant. But if Kalen Williams is as good as he's supposed to be, then that should be a really nice upgrade from Sam Howell to Caleb Williams for Terry McLaurin. So I like that. And I think people at this point are kind of getting over Terry McLaurin. Like he's going to go later. He's one of those boring names, right? He doesn't offer a lot of like pizzazz. There's not a lot of hype around him. So I do think he's going to have a really nice value to him this upcoming year. My guy is someone that does have a lot of like oomph to his name. He still has that flashy name. It's T Higgins. Uh, But after his disastrous season, I do expect him to go down draft boards a little bit. He was a wide receiver 51 overall wide receiver, 42 in average scoring and full PPR. And the year before he's a wide receiver, 19 in average points per game. And he was going as a wide receiver 12 ish right around there in drafts. And I was worried about that last season. I was saying we're going too high on T Higgins here. Like he should probably be around the 15 to 20 range. And that's where I have him again, but that's a huge rebound year for him. If he ends as a wide receiver, 15 through 20, uh, a, I think he stays with the Bengals. So I know he's a free agent, but I do think they'll probably use the franchise tag on him and hopefully figure out an extension. And this last season, I'm okay with just throwing it away. I really am. So Joe Burrow, obviously injured to start the season. The entire Bengals offense was a disaster for the first four weeks. Then Higgins fractures his rib in week four, only missed week five, played a little bit in week six, week seven by comes back. He really did start going, get going in weeks eight and nine. And then he suffered a hamstring uh, in week 
nine. So then missed the next three games after that. And then once he came back, Joe Burrow was out for the year. It was a disastrous year for the Bengals in terms of injuries for both Burrow and Higgins. But he did play nine games this year that he had 30, over 30 snaps, right? And that's not asking for a lot because a typical T Higgins game is around 50 to 60 snaps. So just more than 30 snaps. He averaged over 14 points per game in those games. So when he was on the field, actually getting the snaps and not injured, he was doing pretty solid fantasy work there. And that's even counting week one when he did play more than 30 snaps, had eight targets and zero receptions, zero fantasy points. So even with that complete dud in there, he still averaged 14.1 points per game when he was on the field. That is a very solid fantasy score. It's not a top 10 guy, but that will get you around wide receiver 15 to 20. And you're going to be very happy with that with where T Higgins is going to be drafted. It's he's going to fall a little bit in these drafts. I would expect you know, fourth, fifth round. So I think T Higgins has a nice rebound year in 2024. Yeah, one of two things is going to happen, and this is kind of my free agent prediction with him. You mentioned him staying with the Bengals. They have the cap space to retain him if they need to, at least for one more year. They could do it with the franchise tag. Now, the other option that I would see developing is Tennessee, just because you have your offense coordinator, Brian Callahan, now as the head coach there, and they need a kind of a true receiver there to take over. DeAndre Hopkins is getting older now. That would be an interesting combination, too. Clemson guys, uh, one younger on the uptick, Hopkins being the older guy, but at least it would deflect a little bit of coverage. But the difference between Higgins and Jamar Chase and Higgins and Hopkins would be the fact that Higgins would be kind of transitioning to be the number one with the speed and ability downfield, where Hopkins, as he gets older, would be the complementary player of that offense. So that's why I do like also Higgins if he leaves, because I think he'll get treated more like a number one. We know he profiles like a number one. He's got the size to stretch the field. He's got the ability to work over defenders in the red zone. So those are some things that are, give them good quality. So let's see if he explores for himself trying to be a number one, or is he okay with being behind Jamar Chase, even though it could be in a shorter term situation, right? As they have to pay Jamar Chase. So getting past all that, yeah, you wanted to play Joe Burrow and not Will Levis in the end. So that could be also coming in, to play here that he wants another year for himself, right? Maybe he signs a short-term deal knowing he's going to cash in, look at it when Chase has to be upped and realize he's going to get a big payday elsewhere, stay with Joe Burrow. He's going to be motivated, right? If that's a short-term deal, maybe to stay, if it's a franchise tag, he's going to want to put up those big numbers while he can, while Joe Burrow is healthy. So all that said, T Higgins is a great choice here. And again, these guys might seem like uh, obvious overall, but, yeah, they just need to be put in this position to succeed there. And I think Higgins will certainly do just that. I mean, Burrow, again, getting your quarterback back is huge. And we saw so many devastating quarterback injuries. Hopefully we won't see those develop again here. All right. We know football season is on hold here for a while, but it's getting hotter on the hardwood. We know it's the end of the NBA All-Star break, so we're going to have some great stretch run here before the playoffs. We also know the madness of the next month is also just around the corner. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers getting $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's right, $150 if your first bet wins. Bet on all your favorite basketball players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Get in on the NBA action now. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, 
official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, Michelle, we will get into our last segment here and reveal our third choice here for our rebound wide receivers here in 2024. If you missed it, we have Garrett Wilson, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and T. Higgins. Now we're going to go into the deeper tier here. Maybe guys we don't want to forget about as wide receiver three finishes, maybe finish way below that, maybe had some injury issues. So, Michelle, I'll let you reveal your last guy to add to Higgins and Wilson. Yeah, my guy is Christian Watson. And this is not someone that I thought I was ever going to get on board with. But I think this is going to be my sleeper candidate for the 2024 season. So Christian Watson, wide receiver for the Packers, has been in the league two years, had so much hype coming out of school. As soon as he got drafted with Aaron Rodgers, you know, people were very excited for fantasy. It didn't work out his rookie year until the end of the year when he just blew up with all the touchdowns. And then last year, it was up and down, lots of injuries, blah, blah, blah. He needs to stay healthy. That's that's key, right? But he started to finally come on with Jordan Love last year in his last two games played, 94 yards a touchdown. And the next one was seven receptions, 71 yards, two touchdowns. That was weeks 12 and 13. Then, of course, he gets hurt in week 13 because as soon as he gets going, he has to get hurt, right? But so, again, I'm using the 30 snaps because, again, that's not a high number. That's pretty easy to hit in any given game for a wide receiver that's you know, that's relied on upon on their team. So Christian Watson has had 16 career games with 30 plus snaps. He averaged 14 points per game over those 16 games in full PBR. Again, that is a very solid fantasy number. It's not elite, but it's very solid for a wide receiver too, or especially a flex play, right? Especially a guy that you're going to get super late. Were those games inconsistent still? Yes, right? There was a lot of big games and then still a lot of handful of really bad games in there. And he's going to be like a more athletic Gabe Davis, right? If there's ever a year that he can stay healthy for the full time, it's going to feel very Gabe Davis-y, but hopefully a little bit better because he is a lot more athletic. But he does have dropsies issues like Gabe Davis. But these are the type of guys I like to take late in my drafts. And we know Watson's going to go super late, double-digit rounds. I, I think he has – like he. If he stays healthy enough, he's going to boom or bust his way into being a top 20, top 25 wide receiver. Like he's going to have a lot of big weeks and then a lot of down weeks. But I think that's okay if you're just trusting him in in your flex, because those are the type of guys that can win you a week in your flex. While instead of just playing it safe and hoping for 10 points, Watson can actually give you that 20, 30 point game. Yeah, the one thing we're going to watch is see how he's on the mend and how that chemistry continues to develop with Jordan Love. Now, we know Jane Reed is going to be a big part of what the Packers do going forward, but I think it's up for grabs after. I mean, Romeo Dubs kind of had to hold on it, but it's not like he dominated. You had Dante and Wicks flash a little bit, but that second receiver spot is up for grabs. We know the tight end between Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft is going to be more of a committee based on situations, maybe Musgrave stretching the field craft used in the red zone. So we know what Watson can do. He's a big play guy. Speaking of red zone and stretching the field, he can do both of those things. He's that talented of a receiver. Now, maybe the Jets will be on the phone and say, hey, can we get him in this deal here and put him with Aaron Rodgers? Remember that big gear he had with the touchdowns, a ridiculous rate of scoring, but it hasn't quite turned on yet, partly because you haven't seen Watson on the field enough with Jordan Love starting a quarterback. But Jordan Love, the quarterback, is not an issue. And we know that spot is an issue. We're looking at Dubs and Wicks and some of those people that produced there as that top outside receiver playing off Reed in the slot. 
that's available there. So I do like your choice of Christian Watson. I do agree with you also that he has a boomer bust tendency, right? He's a big play guy, big scoring guy. He needs those things to come to fruition. But I mean, Jordan Love is going to keep ascending here and that's going to help put his top players in position to succeed. And we know Watson, if you put together all the talent of those Packers wide receivers, I think he would have the most. So talent, again, the first thing you look at when you consider these kind of sleeper players that can rebound. Now, this is a guy, Michelle, my choice, my third choice here behind my earlier choice of DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. I'm not a fan of him the way I was (laughs) the other two guys. I actually don't like this guy very often. I don't like to draft him. I haven't liked the nature of his game because it's so big play dependent and big game dependent. He can disappear. It's Marquise Brown. And why I'm putting him here is I'm hoping, I'm crying out to the Chiefs, go get this guy. It hasn't worked out with Lamar Jackson. It hasn't worked out with Kyler Murray. I don't know why. I mean, especially with Kyler Murray, he played with him in college. You think that chemistry would work out. I know Marquise has always been hurt a little bit. He's a little bit smaller receiver. Other than early in that time with Lamar Jackson when he was making the big plays and they were connecting downfield, I remember that game that season opener and Lamar's MVP season 2019 where he went nuts. I said, this guy's special. He's just going to blow his, my... It was his first game in yeah, the NFL. Was first game. <laughs> yeah. I said, oh, this guy looks like who? Tyreek Hill. And I said, uh, maybe he could be good. And he has lived up to that, right? He's not Tyreek Hill because he can't run the sl- slot routes the same way. He's also not as fast. No one is. So when you look at that but he's that type of receiver, right? He's a field-stretching guy. I think with the Cardinals, maybe he evolved a little bit as a receiver when he was healthy and on the field. So kind of had a few moments as a number one. But, man, I, I Hollywood Brown has just teased us. Like, he has a great nickname. It's <laughs> the big playability you know is there. You just need to stay, stay him on the field. Now, does he move on? to a situation like with Aaron Rodgers or with Patrick Mahomes, where he's the deep threat. And look, they can move on. We talked about this in Kansas City for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'd rather have this guy in the mix for one year, nine to 10 million, than I want Marquez Valdez-Scantling in there because he's inconsistent with his hands. He can drop a lot of balls. And I think Hollywood Brown also needs a quarterback that he's going to feel comfortable with. It hasn't worked with Jackson. It hasn't worked with Murray. But Mahomes is a different story, right? Everyone wants to play for Patrick Mahomes because he's going to connect with you. You're never going to outrun a ball that Patrick Mahomes throws downfield. So enough of this Justin Watson, Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Go get this player, someone who can take the top off of defense, play really well as the non-number one, right? I mean, you'll have Rashi Rice inside, Travis Kelsey at tight end. So that's going to take a lot of pressure off Marquise Brown where he's going to get that favorable coverage. It could be a little volatile, but big plays with Patrick Mahomes, I mean, those are going to come. So I'm not basing that whole value on this because I think the Cardinals are definitely going to move on from him. But I think a situation like that, any offense where he's going to be kind of the complimentary deep threat, I think that would help him a lot for favorable coverage, avoid the double coverage, and then also make those big plays that you're looking for all over the field. Yeah, and we saw him try to be a wide receiver one. I mean, it was fine for fantasy for weeks one through six slash in 2022 without DeAndre Hopkins, but it was miserable efficiency, right? Like he was getting a ton of targets. The efficiency wasn't there because he's not a wide receiver one. But if they, if a team wants to bring him in, use him as a deep threat, he definitely will have some boom or bust uh, in any given week. I will say though, let's say the Chiefs do sign him. 
then does he move up draft boards too much? Because he's playing with Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he could be yeah. the wide receiver one. He probably might be too costly for me then, but it would be a very exciting landing spot for him. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, he has a name. Like, that's the thing is he's Hollywood Brown. Like, yeah, there would be a bit of a hype train. I would have to manage where his value would be, right? But I think maybe having Rice and Kelsey would curve that a little bit in just maybe shrewd draft situations where, okay, yeah, he's there, but he's inconsistent. Maybe also his past where he's been disappointing and burned a lot of fantasy managers as well might come into play. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his value is there or elsewhere right so i'm I'm excited to see what happens here with him and look uh this was our look at the rebound bounce back wide receivers for 2024 that means we have one position left check out quarterbacks and running backs if you missed that we'll focus on tight ends on our next show for this edition of locked on fantasy football this has been Vinny Iyer and i'm michelle Maju. bye y'all